Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I think your uncle would be proud of you. Leaving your home to come help us? That's hard. It wasn't that hard. Really? You didn't leave behind anyone you cared about? Well, I did have a girlfriend. May. That gloomy girl who sighs a lot? Yeah. Everyone in the Fire Nation thinks I'm a traitor. I couldn't drag her into it. My first girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. Welcome to Beerly Debated, the show where you're entitled to opinion, even if it's wrong. I'm your boy, primary host. I say that because I'm the one who edits these things. <laughs> I'm not. Don't get cocky, kid. I mean, that should be on the sideboard. <laughs> I'm Nathaniel. You serious? Levinson. Uh, <laughs> with me in the studio, in the Valerie Levinson studio, um, I am Greg Miller, friends. I'm Daniel Pride. <laughs> All right. And joining us virtually are I am Ashley. I love feeling feelings, Thomas. And I'm Jason. I read way too many comics, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so today uh, we're doing a special, hopefully recurring episode where we're just going to talk about what we've been geeking out over in the previous month. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of go around the table and talk about what what we've been watching, uh, whether older, old, new, or new, new. And how it's been hitting us. Yeah, so why don't we start, and, and it'll be a little, I'll just say off the bat, it'll be a little weird for me, because January for me was kind of a, a media so a media break in general, so I really didn't consume a whole lot of media, or much much less media than I usually do. But I do have a couple things to talk about. So why don't we start with DQ, our, our special guest, Daniel Quiver. DQ, what have you been watching in January? What, what, what did you what did you watch or play or read in January? Let's break some Drama. Yeah. So a bit of a light sitcom and uh, an animated. For those of you who don't know, DQ is my roommate, so most things that I get into, I broke him into. Yeah. It was a group activity. Yeah. is <laughs> for sure both mm-hmm. of us, and Futurama has been him on his own time. But oh, what about you, Greg? What have you been getting oh, into? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Well, January was an interesting month because I had COVID, so for 10 days, I got real deep. <laughs> like, like I normally watch TV shows and movies and you know have a heck of a time, but I got you know that's all I had to do for ten days. So, um, I would say the thing that stuck out the most though was actually a video game, and you guys have all been hearing about it. But I haven't talked about a ton of show, which is The Last of Us. Uh, I finished the second game. I played the first one and yeah, yeah. was blown Netflix away. Netflix is making that into a movie. 
Yep. Wait, who is? Netflix or, is making... Sorry, HBO Max. Is. HBO. Uh, sorry, it's not Netflix. It's uh, HBO Max. They're making that into a movie. They just cast Pedro Pascal as Joel. Really? Rip. Interesting. Yeah, no. Nah, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but really. Okay, well, spoiler for the uh, future yeah, movie that will be coming out. Uh, I, I apologize. But I played the first game, let's see, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And it was really good. It like it kind of like blew me away as far as like what a game could be. Like the storyline was, you know, much more compelling, and just characters were developed better than most movies I had watched and TV shows. But on top of that, the gameplay is extremely intriguing to go along with it. So I feel like you can kind of break mo- games into two categories, where it's like this is clearly a story game, where I'm playing it just to kind of get through the the, the mode to see what happens at the end. Like, like, I consider the God of War games similar to that, where you're kind of just button mashing, <laughs> and then you're like, this is a really interesting story. Well, the story's great, but the game's not very intriguing. And then you have games where it's like, I, I play this for the game, and there's not really much of a story attached to it. Whereas this kind of had both elements. The, the gameplay was super fun. I mean, it was like, it's like a stealthy, end-of-the-world type thing where you're fashioning weapons together from sticks you find and, and, and loose chains that you're finding in drawers. And, and so it's, it's really cool and resourceful. Um, but also the story, like I said, is really compelling. So I get to the first one, like I said, a couple years ago, and, and I'm like, man, I cannot wait for the second one. The second one came out, and i just been waiting. I'm like, man, well, I'm going to need some time, because I, once I start this thing, I'm not going to want to put it down. So here we go. I get COVID. And so I start this thing, and it is just a bulldozer of an emotional... It's not even a roller coaster. It's just a bulldozer. It just hits you so hard. Um, spoilers, but yeah, it's just a very tragic story. Um definitely not on the caliber of the first game to where I think the first game uh, the story like the direction just made a whole lot of sense and to where again it's always harder to do sequels because you're dealing with characters that have been developed so they need to behave in ways that make sense to the characters themselves and not just like hey we need somebody to go and do this so let's have this person go and do that and then everybody's like well that person would have never gone and done that why we already know this character for all game so it's it's hugely it's hugely argued about right now. It's very a polarizing game. Like everybody is like torn in part, like in two, because it had a huge following and now half of the people really like it, half of the people really don't like it. It's definitely got a lot of you know questionable things. It was very fun to play. Um, the gameplay is very similar. Yeah, some really questionable story directions where it had to play as the protagonist. Yeah. Protagonist is the, the bad antagonist. Guy. The antagonist, sorry, wow. I'm so I had to play as the antagonist, which kind of turns into the protagonist at some point, and so you're just kind of confused. You're literally fighting the character you've been playing as at the end as a boss battle, and you're like, well, I don't want to win because I like the character I'm fighting, but you have to do it, and mm-hmm. then you're done and you're back to the other character, and you want to go back and fight the antagonist. You have the protagonist. And so anyways, it's just emotionally draining because it's very, it deals with a lot of very serious things, and you know, it's 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 very gory and yeah. What what I found interesting, and this is, I'm gonna try to say this without spoiling. Like you get to the very, 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 very end, and mm-hmm. then the character makes a decision. It feels like something where you should have gotten to make the decision that the character makes at the very, very end. Right. You know so, so that was a, a, a big, you know, argument. There's, there's several. I, I was actually points. shocked that they didn't make that a decision that you, as a player, S- gets. Several points of argument are that you're playing in the second game as the first game. Just to give you a little bit of point of references. You're playing as two characters, Joel and this girl that he is kind of ferrying across the United States to a separate location of his encampment. Um, her name is Ellie. 
and whole thing is that she's immune, so they're trying to take her to this place that could test her to see if they can make a vaccine. It's it's kind of a zombie apocalypse type game. They and, just cast Bella Ramsey as Ellie, no, who was uh, Liana Mormont on Game of Thrones. She's little Liana Mormont on Game of Thrones. Liana Mormont. Oh, oh that little me. one. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the Lady of Bear Island. Yeah, that's good. So anyways, and the whole turning point of the first game, which I will spoil because it's been out forever, and if you haven't played it, well, the big twist, like kind of twist yet. at the end, yeah, it's like seven years now, is that he takes her there, and they're like, hey, you know, we got her, we're gonna make a cure, um, but we're gonna have to kill her. And throughout the game, he's kind of a really rugged guy, Joel, but he's learned to love again by the end of the game, because at the beginning you see his daughter die, and he's really torn up by this, and he kind of keeps himself from attaching himself to anything, but by the end he inevitably loves this girl, and, you know, he's like a father to her. And so he's sitting there with this dilemma, and then eventually just says, no, you can't do that. And they say, well, you can't stop us. And he's forced to kill them and take her. Sorry, what, what does he say? He says, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so that's the, that's the big, that's the big, you know, uh, I guess moral dilemma in the first game. And that leads into the second game where you're playing now as Ellie, and you're, you and Joel are a part of this village in Jackson. And it's a really nice place. It would be damn. But you're fault. but you're slowly starting to discover that like there's a divide between the two, Ellie and Joel, um, because he hasn't been upfront with her about what happened when he took her. She just woke up and he said, "Hey, it, it turns out that they found a bunch of people with cures, so it wasn't anything that special, and they just ran some tests and it didn't work." As opposed to telling her that he took her because he loves her. Um, so she ends up finding that out and is really upset. And anyways, the, the whole the whole point of the game is that somebody somebody comes and does something really mean to Ellie. So Ellie's trying to get revenge. The whole game is <laughs> Ellie's trying to get revenge on this person, and then it has you play as that person for half of the game, which is bizarre. This is what threw most people off because here we've been Ellie for a game and a half. We love her, and now we're like, well, screw this other person. I'm not emotionally attached to this one at all. You can do your best to try to get me attached. But she's not even that compelling of a character. And then by the very end, yes, Ellie makes a decision to not get revenge on this person after essentially throwing away her entire life to do so. Time and time again. Like, she had many chances to be like, okay, and now the game is over because we've chosen not to. She's like, I'm going to go back. And it's like, well, now the game, no, I'm going to go back. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then like, <laughs> and finally at the end, she's like, about to. And she's like, nope, not going to. And so, the, like, the, the audience is understandably just kind of like, what am I? What am I playing? Like I, 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 I very, very small member of the, of the audience were like, I would have done everything like they did it. <laughs> like you just lost so many people because you made so many questionable decisions. <laughs> it's like by the end, you you couldn't have very many people at all be like, this is exactly how I would have played it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's a long rant about something that nobody else can relate to. So I'm sorry. So we can get to a different topic, but that that kind of consumed all of my emotional energy for media uh, I guess in, in January it was the biggest thing again like DQ said we've been into some TV shows Scrubs and some other things um, if we circle back to me maybe I can mention some of the other ones but that's for sure the biggest one I could talk about it all day long but I, I, I hear that that's kind of the the uh, general consensus of anyone playing The Last of Us is I was emotionally spent for days afterwards yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, it really was like it deals with I'm a curmudgeonly retro gamer but uh, whenever I get around to playing whatever system I can play The Last of Us on I, I'll, I'll I'll definitely be playing that one because I've heard so many really great things about the story playing with that game so uh yeah i'm uh i'm i'm on the xbox side of the fence so <laughs> well jump into the last of us yet but what i've basically from what i understand like 
Sony's been making really cinematic game franchises for a while. Well, it's Naughty Dog. Making them into cinematic experiences. Yeah, that's well. So Naughty Dog, yeah, Naughty Dog, has been doing that for a while because they did. Well, they, Naughty Dog initially started with just well, with, when Jack came and out with, Daxter. Yeah, with Trent. Jack and Daxter, great. Yeah, oh, Jack yeah. and Daxter. The first one's a little yeah, mad, fun, but yeah. Jack Two and Jack Three are really fun. But no, they did uh, um, Uncharted. Yeah, Uncharted. Yeah, and, and that was where they kind of they were like, hey, can we make Indiana Jones the movie, the game? That's basically what. Uncharted 1, 2, 3, 4, and then when they did Last of Us, they're like, can we make it more gritty? gritty. Yeah. yeah. And it really is very gritty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as mature as you can get. Um, yeah. Now Uncharted is uh, getting a movie with Tom Holland. Huh. Really? He can't yeah. possibly be paying Nathan Drake. There's not. And, and he could get yeah, jacked. He's so small, though! Nathan Drake is like, he looks like a football player. I mean, he's, he's got the Spider-Man uh, flexibility to be Nathan Drake. Tom Holland looks like he's around. 10. That will not work. I'm sorry. I love, <laughs> I he's gonna love Tom Holland. He's going to get some muscles. I he's going to get Tom pan. Holland, but that is a bad casting. There's, there's a picture of him in costume, I guess, character. Okay, I'm looking this up. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen yeah. uh, a couple, like a, the, the Uncharted fan film? Castle, Firefly, Nathan Fillion, rookie Nathan Fillion, yes, uh, Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake. It's like fifteen, twenty minutes long, and it's amazing. Okay, yeah, he could be a young Nathan Drake. I think uh, that's what they're going for. He looks so young. This is like prequel. teenage Nathan Drake. <laughs> yeah, if it's a prequel, teenage. okay. If it's a prequel, then yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's, well, a prequel, like, if, if it's a prequel, in, I buy. In it. the fourth one, they start a lot with it. They deal yeah, yeah. a lot with his childhood. I think in a few other ones, they may even delve some into his childhood. But he's obviously a fun character. But it is, I think, in movie form, it'll it'll feel a lot like Indiana Jones, where it's. I mean, it's kind of like the, the, they're very fun games. So I played when I played the first Last of Us. I was like, okay, I need to play anything by Naughty Dog because that was amazing. And so I played through all the all the Uncharted's. Um, they're not as gripping and emotional, obviously, and I probably watched it in an in yeah. proper order, just because I think if I had played, played The Last of Us after, I might have been a little better. I mean, like, this is good, just because it zaps so much out of you, and it deals with such heavy things that you're like, I feel like I'm watching a cartoon now, like, <laughs> when I'm playing Uncharted. Um, and I might not have been able to give it the story enough credit, but the fourth one has, has a little more depth to it, where it's like him dealing with his brother, too. Um, but yeah, I felt like they were His all brother who weirdly went completely unmentioned in the first two games. <laughs> He's in jail. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I, I think that Naughty Dog is, is, has done a good job with the, the cinematic type games that they've been coming out with. Yeah. Um, like yeah. you're saying, Jason. I suppose. I, so I played, again, I told you, I played like the first settlement in Last of Us. Um, I don't know, I just, I just stopped playing it. And it wasn't because it was bad. Yeah. I, it was just like, I started playing it and then I went and did something else. Yeah, um, but in exciting PlayStation-related news, all of Kingdom Hearts is coming to PC. Interesting. And anytime I hear something, a game that I really love that was console exclusive coming to PC, I get really excited because PC means mods, and that's just the best. I can't. I want. I need Bloodborne to come to PC so bad, just so it can be modded and I can play it like with randomizers and all the different things that that come with with having a, a healthy modding scene. It, that's the, the see, to me. That's what gives PC the edge over everything else. Yeah. Is the idea that oh here's this game that I've beaten you know up ways down ways left ways right ways side like ten ways to Sunday I can play it with my eyes closed mm-hmm. oh look here's a mod that makes it completely fresh again or yeah. add something or add something new like a challenge mm-hmm. or some new items or a new way to play sure. the game and, and stuff like that they someone <laughs> someone turned Dark Souls into a first person shooter because <laughs> they put guns in the game <laughs> they put guns in Dark Souls and so you get like a bunch of crossbow bolts and you literally like rapid fire crossbow bolts. 
<laughs> and so people like run it in first person with a machine gun. <laughs> or stuff like Skyrim. Yeah, I'm all where... like, well, I bought, I've got Kingdom Hearts uh, 1 and 2 on for my PS2. Maybe I should finally start playing through those. So I, oh, I they're fun. They're fully fun. appreciate this conversation. They're fun, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been told. So, they finally King... just came to that's Xbox this past year, too. So I may jump yep. into them at some point. They're, they're really good. Kingdom Hearts oh, 1 and 2. Oh, have you ever played it, Jason? No. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are both that's excellent games. I think you would. It's like totally up your alley, man. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are excellent games where the story starts from. It starts from a point of, you know, saccharine, Disney esque, but comprehensible, and slowly shifts to this absolute bonkers, convoluted, nobody can follow what's going on. And then Kingdom Hearts 3. The plot was an absolute mess. It was a fun game, don't get me wrong. I thought it was fun. But, boy, if the plot wasn't one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life, and then, like, the stuff you do in the Disney World means absolutely nothing. Like, literally nothing happens. You go through, like, 10 or 15 worlds or whatever, and it, none of it means anything. The only story happens right at the beginning and right at the end, and that's the only stuff that actually happens relevant to the plot. And the highlight, the absolute peak of the monstrosity of the, that is the plot is when they go to Frozen World. And I think I've mentioned this. They go to Frozen World, right? You, you tried to explain this to me one time, like, comically. You were like, hey, listen, I'm going to try to explain this, and by the end, you won't know what I'm talking about. I'm like... Oh, yeah, I, no, I showed you... Whoop, I showed you the video. I showed you the video of the guy. A guy, like, did a cartoon trying to explain what's happening in Kingdom Hearts in, like, 30 minutes. And it's really hard to follow, because it's just... It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um... But no, so they go to Frozen World, right? And they're, you know, you're like fighting through the mountain and so you get to the mountain, and as you get to this mountain, Sora and Donald and Goofy see Elsa running up. And Elsa starts singing Let It Go. And she's singing Let It Go, in, like she's actually singing the song. So clearly she's, like, this really happened. She sang a, she sang a real song, instruments magically appeared out of nowhere. This happened. But it would, like, randomly cut back to Sora and Donald and Goofy watching her and saying... That girl looks sad. I'm like, who looked at this and thought that it goes through the entire song and just random cuts up? Oh, we should go cheer her up. Gorsh! I'm like, who looked at this and thought this was okay? It's so stupid. I know some of the stuff I don't understand how it got past quality testing. Just like mind numbing. I'm sitting. I literally dropped my controller. I was like that. Did that just happen, or was that a fever dream I had? Because I literally, I took a nap today, and I had a dream I was playing rollerblade hockey with Joe here. So go figure it that. So, like, is it, was this a fever dream I had? Solid dream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he took a shot on our goal, but someone had moved our goal, and we were like, wait a minute. You know, it, it's funny. I've never gotten much into the Kingdom Hearts games, and I feel like I can get kind of what you're saying just by looking at the cover sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, this seems like it'd be a dumpster fire. So, like, it just seems it, like the thing is, it seems like a bad idea. The thing idea. is, in one and two, it's like <laughs> somehow there are like fifty of them. <laughs> like, yeah, the, I don't keep yeah, the thing about it is in one and two because they're fun. The thing about it is in one and two, it's like it's schlocky but it's endearing. But in three, it's just stupid, and you're like, and it might be because there was such a long gap between games. And this is like a time-based. Like, no, 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 no. This is an action RPG. Okay, so you're actually. Okay. Yeah, because you're actually like in it to win it. Okay. But man, is the dog and it's Haley Joel Osment. Hi. He was the kid from The Sixth Sense, I believe. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, he does the voice of Sora. Yes. And uh, oh boy, I thought he was a better actor than that man. And that's, that's not his fault. <laughs> his dialogue is just—it's like the most atrociously written. I, I'm like, 
a professional adult person got paid real money to write this dialogue. It's literally like if you've ever had a, a, a young child, like under 10 years old, tell you a story where it kind of just rambles and there's no threads of logic. That's what it feels like. Like someone's, someone was like, uh, I'm, I, I don't want to do work today. Hey, uh, little Jimmy, can you write this story for me? Oh, sure, Dad. What's happening? Well, Sora just met Elsa. Wow. He'd say, oh, she looks sad. Yeah, that's great, kid. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> she looks sad. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's real bad. It's real bad. Uh, uh, is, this, is this on par with um, I Hate Sand? It's coarse and hot and it gets everywhere? It is, but in it a way a that's line. just like... That's, it's, it's in a way that's not mimetic in the way that you're like... <laughs> it's fun to say because it's so stupid. It's more like I want to, I want to shoot this person. In the face. <laughs> I need to, I need to take this so, person you know, to school and educate them how to speak English good. Also, you can't leave that. Well, maybe in Kingdom Hearts Four, they'll go. And there will be. And the thing is, so Maleficent is like Hearing one of the main villains like, in the first so one. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> so Maleficent is like one of the main villains in the first one, and then starting <laughs> in the second one, she she picks up Pete. From, from Mickey Mouse, like the big burly Pete guy, right? Uh, he's like the anti-Mickey. He's the Wario to Mickey's Mickey. Interesting. To, to Mickey's Mario. I didn't know there was one of those. Yeah, he's just right. like a big bully guy named right. Pete. Huh. Um, what is funny is he actually fights himself. You, you've seen a good movie, Greg? Can... Right? I, I, I have. Oh, 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 okay, I know Pete. I know Pete. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's Goofy's kind of nemesis. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, I yeah. said Mickey. Uh, uh, my, my uh, Mickey. I mean, well, well, yeah, originally it was Mickey's nemesis. He's a nemesis to Mickey as well. Okay, um, I was literally just thinking a mouse that was more buff, and I'm like, where is <laughs> this guy? I've never seen him. <laughs> he's like an angry buff. Uh, <laughs> sorry, he's a villain in all the. He's, he's a villain in like all the Mickey games. Um, yeah, he's, he's a good but he teams up with Maleficent, and Maleficent's just like, oh, we need to go here, and we'll find something that'll be useful. And she's always there, like, a little bit too late, and she's like, well, whatever, and then, like, warps away, and like, Maleficent, you have done nothing! You like, you're not doing yourself. anything! What do you... Go home, Maleficent! You got you got your ass whipped in the first one. Go home. It's just like, ugh. In the first one, she was actually doing something. And none of the other ones is she actually doing something. She, like, sends Pete on these missions, and she she clearly knows... I think she they're setting her up to be the big villain. And the worst part is, spoilers for, for Kingdom Hearts 3... The villain at the very end, the the, the the ghost of the good guy teacher, like, ma magically shows up and just like, Hey, buddy, let's go to heaven. And that guy's like, okay. And then they do. Like, what? <laughs> That's it? It sounds like That's a terrible game. game. It's, right there. it's really fun to play. That's the thing. It's really fun to play. So the gameplay is the solid. The gameplay is solid. Okay. But boy, this is the my story point, yeah. dumb. And I, I, I was trying not to skip cutscenes the first time I played through it. I was like, I really don't want to sit through this. This is so bad. <laughs> Man. And that's not what you've been playing this month. You just wanted to rant. No, I, nope. I, 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 I just know. But what <laughs> I saw is that Kingdom Hearts is coming to PC, and I'm going to buy it. Ah, hundred percent. Okay, okay. He is geeking out about it. Uh, this is true. It's saying. fair game. Yeah, say, say that that definitely qualifies as geeking out. So, uh, hey, Nathaniel, is Jason coming through? Yeah, I'm hearing him. Yeah, so you you guys were like talking at the same time, and I could hear. Yeah, J Jason started to talk, and he kind of. Bounced in and out a couple times, and I think that's why Nathaniel stepped in. Let, let me, You're also cutting in and out. Let right me now. switch my internet real quick. My our internet's been having issues. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Alright, we're. Alright, uh, Jason. Oh, is Jason. Really 
Oh, Asher. Go ahead, Asher. Oh, yeah, I say, um, no, Jason, why don't you, why don't you go ahead, since I know you've got to jump sooner than me, so. Oh, that's true. Um, let's see. Well, I have, like many, many people, have been watching, uh, WandaVision, oh, which yeah. I don't know if I want to get into too much. That's, I say, that's WandaVision is also on, on my list as well, so. Yeah. I have not so, watched today's episode, though, so... I have not either. I haven't either, because uh, my, okay. mother, my mother is out of town, and I won't watch it without her. You've been enjoying oh. that kind of... That's Aww. something we've been geeking over, and so I do want to talk about that, like, a little bit, just, like... So, on our... If we want to talk about WandaVision... Do our best to not spoil uh, things. So, yeah, okay. Jason, Jason, far away. So, um... Like, leading up into that, I'll, I'll, I'll table that for a second, so I'm going to jump back to it uh, I went back through and I was reading some of the comics that kind of, I feel like, were inspirations for the show, like, ahead of time, and then, like, during, uh, I've been reading, rereading a comic called, just called The Vision, uh, by Tom King, which is excellent, and, uh, I kind of feel like is, it's one of the ones that, uh, Kevin Feige has said was on his desk while he was writing, uh, WandaVision, and it, barely has the Scarlet Witch in it at all, but it has, uh, basically the idea behind it is the Vision decides that, uh, he would like to do something a little bit different, and he builds himself a synthesoid family. He literally builds himself a wife and then two robot teenage kids. Hmm. <laughs> and then kind of craziness ensues from there, but he moves into the suburbs, uh, and it's just them trying to be normal, like normal humans, and then it starts off kind of like WandaVision does, where it's kind of like this picturesque thing, and then there's a line of dialogue at the end of the first issue that's like, oh, this is going to go really bad, and then it kind of moves on from there. But, uh, highly recommend it, um, especially if people are, have been enjoying WandaVision and want a little bit more, uh, but also reading up on uh, Reread House of M, which is a comic in which Scarlet Witch. That's the uh, this is the one about the guy who makes the really good pancakes, right? No, no, no. I think that's uh, no, Inter- International House of Pancakes. Oh wait, that sounds way dirtier than I meant. Great, stop hitting your microphone. Pancakes yeah. sounds like a strip club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, that's my that's my that's, that's my that's new. Like the next pancakes. like Magic Mike movie. Yeah, House of M. <laughs> <laughs> House of Pancakes. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Uh, 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 Jason, who did you say was the author on uh, The Vision, that series that you mentioned? Uh, Tom King. Thank you. I'm writing that down. What did you say? But House yeah, of Man a, Cakes. A really House cool of Man Cakes, that's what I said. Uh, and then, like, I reread House of Them, which is a story... A while back, that's why uh, Brian Michael Bendis, which has the Scarlet Witch rewriting reality, and uh, I feel like that's another one. Uh, I'm probably going to reread Avengers Disassembled too, which is another one, also by Bendis, with the Scarlet Witch kind of having some uh, some emotional issues. Now, I feel like those are all have they explained how she still show. has her powers? Because I thought her powers came from the Reality Stone or the Mind Stone or whichever, and that is no longer in existence. I know in the comics it's because she's Magneto's daughter, right? Yeah. She just has powers. 
Well, it was, and then it wasn't. They yeah. can't really agree on her origin story. <laughs> and when Fox owned Mutants and Magneto, right, they made right. it so she wasn't one, I guess. I don't know. It's been, well, well, I think the, the rule was that they could not say the word mutant in any uh, uh, Disney Marvel mm-hmm. um, uh, film. And, and now, well, now that Disney owns Marvel, I don't, I mean, if you've seen last week's episode... I mean, you know, some lines are being crossed and yeah, blurred, and we're all tap, like, WTF is happening. Also, I don't care. This is wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm <laughs> convinced that this is their, that this and Winter Fal- Falcon Winter Soldier and all the, all the miniseries that they're doing are preparing us for Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, where they're going to be like, and we can do whatever we want now because it's the multiverse. Kind of like mm-hmm. DC is doing, but without yeah. actually doing it. Because DC, I mean, they had the crossover on Infinite Earths or Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they did do that, but uh, I, I feel like they because they, they they isolated all their different like the movies are one continuity and the shows are one continuity and this and that and the other whereas Marvel's well, just like it's all the same thing. Well, they've actually said that WandaVision, uh, the next Spider-Man movie, and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness are all tied together. Yeah. So because Spider-Man: Far From Home, they talked about the multiverse a little bit. It's like, hey, there's an idea that's out here. We're gonna make it into a fake out, but then we're really gonna we're gonna do it. Later. Right, right, so. right. And and so I, I've been really, really enjoying WandaVision because first of all, it's it's very different from basically everything else Marvel's done. You know, it hits me most mm-hmm. that, like Doctor Strange and um, the first Ant Man, where they're like, we're gonna do some some very different things. Right? It's not it's yeah. not just gonna be your typical Marvel movie, which they did get pretty. Uh, formulaic, right? Um, I think it's been really interesting. It's been a very breath of fresh air. It's hilarious. Uh, apparently, oh, yeah. they, they consulted yeah. with Dick Van Dyke, and Dick Van Dyke right. had no idea that Endgame was the, the winningest, the, the, the highest grossing film of all time. And they told him, he's like, oh, that's wonderful. He is he is a gem. <laughs> he is so precious. Um, so so they consulted with Dick Van Dyke to get the... I think the first two episodes were filmed or at least partially filmed in front of a live, live audience. Yeah. Um, really? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. I well, because I knew the first the first episode is totally a parody on Dick Van Dyke, and then yep. the second one is Bewitched. Yep. And it's been um, interesting, right? Because it, it, there's it's nine episodes, right? And they've been kind of going jumping a decade every episode. Yeah. So they're they're going to get up to right? the aughts in the 2010s and the 2020, and then the now. Yeah. So it's it's I, I'm really intrigued if, if that's they're going to continue that kind of jumping the the, the show jumps a decade in, in terms of style. Um, every episode. It's, it's been really, really good, but there was one well, line, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a line in the show uh, where they're like, the universe gave us a sitcom, and I, I, I looked at my family, I was like, did Kevin Feige <laughs> rename himself to the universe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. I tweeted that, but nobody got it. <laughs> I, I, I really love that line where they were like, so you're you're assuming the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers, and uh, she's like, "It's just a working theory." But yeah, <laughs> I'm invested now. <laughs> I, love they, I love, love, love that they brought in Darcy and Jimmy Woo, and Jimmy Woo has the, been, the, the whole idea. He's so good. Oh my gosh, always be my maybe. The Keanu scene. First uh, of all, he's great in that entire movie. Oh yeah, the, I need to finish that movie. I fell asleep like. Right before, like the last twenty minutes of the movie. But you saw the Keanu, the Keanu, mm-hmm. Keanu scenes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I saw that. He's wonderful. So good. People, people really want them to do 
like a spinoff now with like uh, Darcy and Jimmy Woo just being like the X Files of the Marvel Universe. Or I'd, I'd like be okay that. with this because I would totally the watch crap that. Out of that. Yeah. Like, I will take I, more. I uh, what's his name? It's it's uh, Park. Uh, Randall Park. Randall Park. I will take any any more Randall Park I can get is good by me. He's he's hilarious. Asian Jim Halpert. Asian Jim Halpert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's Jim Halpert. Right. That's a really good way to describe him. <laughs> well, well, no. Well, you. Well, you, oh, dude, Nathaniel, because you don't like The Office, you probably didn't watch. No, I hate that. The Office. Okay, uh, so so there's a there's a cold even open. Even that, that where... so. Pause that for that a second. Pause that for a second, Ashley. So I haven't yeah. watched that much of The Office, but even that time I came over, I went over to Greg's house and they were watching an episode of The Office and they finished it. It was like in the fifth season or whatever, and I hated it. <laughs> I was like, okay. nope, even even later seasons, it's still the exact same stuff I hate. Okay, well that that's that's fair, but the but there there's a cold open where um, Jim pulls a prank on Dwight. Jim and Pam pull a prank on Dwight to make. Dwight think that Jim has been Asian the entire time. Oh, I, I think I saw like an image yeah. of yeah. that. And so, and so they, their their friend that they get they get to come in uh, to play Jim is is played by Randall Park. <laughs> uh, what are you? I see Is it yeah. props to you for not seeing race? <laughs> <laughs> Jim's not Asian. <laughs> props to you. <laughs> it changed like, even like the Photoshop. Photoshop. <laughs> Well, the icing on the cake is that he kisses, um, <laughs> kisses Jenna Pam. Fisher, who's Pam, um, and, and he like steps back. loses his mind. He's like, wait, what? And he's like, he's like, you can't be Jim, and he grabs, like, the picture off of his desk, and it's a picture of, like, of, of like, Pam, uh, uh, the Asian guy, and, like, their Chinese child. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what is this? <laughs> like, they're two, they're two Asian children, like, it's like, uh, it was... Yeah, that was the funniest thing for me, like watching um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Like, why do I know who this guy is? He is so familiar. Why do I know? And and like, I'm like covertly checking IMDb in the movie theaters. Like, oh, it's Asian Jim Halpert. Oh, <laughs> I also love that he did the, the that he did the little card trick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was oh, a nice that, was, that was the best that like he could like flip out his card like he was he was doing the sleight of hand magic. Yeah. Like that's such like I, a teeny tiny yeah. thing. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things I really 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 loved about WandaVision is the small nods. Not just uh-huh. the the homages to sitcoms through the ages, which I think is wonderful. That's wonderful. I but but also the the the, the subtle things, the little things, the, the the hints they've been dropping about the Marvel universe as a whole, it's there's like you know big ones, but there's also more subtle ones. It's it's just been really really fun to watch, and I'm on the edge of my sheet like, oh, what's going to happen next? And now I'm of the opinion like, if Marvel decided to not do movies and just do miniseries, I think I'd be okay with that because this has been yep. excellent. Now of course this is the first one, so we'll have to see how the other ones turn out. But I you know I really want to see Loki. I really want to see uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So. And it wasn't meant to be the first one, too, which I think is part of why people are so, like, weirded out by it. You're supposed to get the Falcon Winter Soldier first mm. to be, like, the traditional Marvel thing, and then WandaVision was supposed to come after it was, like, the weird experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely wasn't supposed to be, like, over a year since you'd had any content from them before you you know, watched a 1950 sitcom for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right? But what what I think is, what I think the, the my, my, what I'm really happy about it is that people love it. And so I'm uh-huh. hoping Disney looks at this and says, oh look, we can do more experimental things and people will buy it. 
They will yep. consume it. So <laughs> Disney could say that about anything. Let's be sure. real. No, you're right. <laughs> like, but but I think I think WandaVision being a success is really important because it was so experimental. It opens the door for Kevin Feige to be like, hey, this worked really well. Now we could do even more because they're doing like Moon Knight and and they're they're kind of opening the door to and Loki and they're opening the door to a lot of more experimental, weird, shorter run things, which I think is a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and and um, Jason, I I don't want to interrupt because I know you've, you you may have more things to say about Wandavision, but I, I I have some stuff to add about Wandavision as well. Yeah, go for it. Oh well, so what I love so as a uh, you know the the uh, the resident retrophile of of the group, I I am totally adoring all of the old sitcom spinoffs because oh, or, or spoofs be- because I I I've watched a lot of those, but. I think my favorite this past episode um, is that it was a hybrid of Full House and mm-hmm. Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And that the the fact that the theme song was so very close, like within like an inch of the Family Ties theme song, that I could almost sing along, like with the original Family Ties theme, but not quite. Like I was like, man, is that not thematic of everything that is occurring in this is in this show? Is something is off just a bit, yep. and yep. like, and, well, and you can't quite place it. And it's Vision's wonderful. hair. And that's the, yeah. <laughs> Paul Bettany is is just wonderful. He's he's like and and Elizabeth Olsen and like I have, the only other thing I've ever seen Elizabeth Olsen in besides like the, the Avengers stuff is uh, Godzilla. And, and like and I and like honestly like that first Godzilla movie I fall asleep every time I try to watch it and, and, and it's not because I'm disinterested in Godzilla it's it's like it's just it's so slow the first half of that film was just so slow yeah, the first half is very slow Vegeta um, but but I like with this I'm just like man she's hilarious and she's hysterical and then like I, I you know after I was like Wait a second. She's Mary Kate and Ashley's little sister, yep. and she was yep. just on a Full House like spoof. Mm-hmm. That's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. That, there's, that, there's, that, a there's a lot of there's a lot of layers right there. I also appreciate uh, that, that during the first uh, episode, people were like, uh, "What happened to her accent?" And that's totally explained. They're, like, they're, oh, that's mm-hmm. totally explained. Yeah, that's legit. Um, well, I think. Just bounce back off of one of the things that you said uh, about it just being just a little bit off. I think that's what makes it so effective. Um, is like classic television is kind of like the like the, the comfort food of like TV for me. You know, I I grew up watching a lot of those shows too, and it's the kind of thing that you go to just to like de-stress and you know it's, it's going to be wholesome and all that kind of stuff. So when they veer off of that, even if it's just for 30 seconds at the end of the first episode. It's very effective without them having to do very much of anything at all. Mm-hmm. And just feeling that little <clears throat> bit of tension of something being off in that type of format is it's almost just, creepy uh, at one times. of the things that makes it so great. Yeah, it's very creepy. And, and one of the things I like is the characters are asking the questions that we're asking. So the characters are, mm-hmm. are, are responding to what's going on in a way that feels very realistic. They're like, wait a minute. I thought this was the case. So what's going? So it's so there. The mystery is unfolding for the characters in the show as it's un- unfolding for us, and I think that always works very well when 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 the characters that you're watching learn at the same pace that you do. Like in like in Memento, like as mm-hmm. he as he uncovers things, you're uncovering them as well, and sure, making the same right. connections that he is. And so it provides a better link between you and the person you're watching. 
and not just the characters in the show, but the characters in the show in the show. Right, right, right. It's, <laughs> it's super interesting. Oh, ma- major revelations. I think they, they they did a really good job like keeping you on the hook, like, ooh, what's going on? There's something sinister. What's going on? What's going on? Right. And then they've kind of opened it up. And, and they're still like, they open it up a lot in the last episode, but they're still like, right. there's something even more going on. This, right. So. There, there's, there's much more going on than even like Wanda understands of what's happening. Right. And, and that's, that's fascinating. I think the, the other thing that I'm really loving about WandaVision is watching them do like a weird, offbeat, very like daring comedy really makes me excited for what they're going to do with She-Hulk. Because mm. uh, so so, She Hulk is my all time favorite superhero. Um, who do they uh, have? They have the uh, caster. Yes, uh, Tatiana Maslany. Um, who uh, she she had like a small like um, one off role in Parks and Rec, like in like a two or three episode mm. sequence. Um, she was the Doctor Without Borders. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, the main thing she's known for is she was the lead in Orphan Black, uh, which is a BBC America. Um, sci-fi series a few years ago which to be honest is one of the best original sci-fi things to come out in literal decades uh but she plays a she plays a a a young lady who finds out that she is not only a twin but she is a clone uh, yeah yeah. sorry i I thought i sorry i thought i had come disconnected no no no, you're good um so you said tatiana maslani tatiana maslani yes not to complain Uh but she's five four uh, uh, hey, listen, I'm hey, if you're 5'4", can make you look how, like a how can you get a Canadian to play someone who's supposed to be angry? It makes no sense. <laughs> she's used to be like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Bro, so y'all have not watched Orphan Black. Y'all have played like 16 different characters in that in that show, and I literally forgot it was the same actress multiple times. Oh, I'm sure she's a great actress. She's so good at like differentiating between... All of the characters and, and like, sorry, I was I, <laughs> for the, for the gram. I'm sure my clients that they have. One that's job DQ. And one that's not me. Okay. What, what, what am I hearing? What's <laughs> happening? We have pro- we're having problems in the audio HQ. Division. Is somebody sorry. communicating through the radio? <laughs> Ashley, we should Ashley, have a laugh track. Who's this. doing this to you, Ashley? <laughs> we should have a laugh track for our podcast. <laughs> we do. You- yeah. Well. Like, the fact that like she can, she is able to differentiate between all of those characters so well is like doing like Jennifer Walters and She Hulk. That's a breeze. Yeah. And, and let me let me be clear. I'm being completely facetious when I when I make yeah. those jokes about her being being five four. Oh well, well, and if, if if it's it's if it's helpful at all, I mean she is actually five. She Hulk in the comic books is six foot seven. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so good so, luck finding someone who's actually six foot seven. They I mean, exist. How many ladies do you know that are legit? Uh, six foot seven? You, you have to go to Sweden. Gwen Christie, who's six foot three. Yeah, you'd have to um, go to Sweden. You, mm-hmm. you would need to hire well, a Swedish actor. Yeah. And and your point about the angry Canadian, I mean, this is the Marvel Universe. Well, just imagine she's playing hockey all the time. Oh, yeah, Wolverine's Canadian. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we've got Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> the angriest Canadian of all time. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What 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 you didn't what you didn't realize is on each one of Wolverine's claws the word sorry is written out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bud. Anyway, I I I love 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 Tatiana Maslany. When I found out she was cast as She Hulk, I legit screamed. And that's a lady who's five foot three, and like in my head, like if I were a superhero, I would want to be She Hulk. But I know in reality, I'm probably Squirrel Girl. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Squirrel Girl's the strongest yeah. character in the Marvel universe, so she is un- she is unbeatable. So. 
you know, it's it's great. But she was um, also the greatest in Lego Marvel superheroes because <laughs> if you know. match the B button, she would throw little Lego squirrels, and it was like the cutest thing ever, and just wrecked everything. She'd be like, anyway, like like it, I. I was very, I personally felt very validated by, you know, five foot four talking on a Maslani being cast as She-Hulk. Um, but, you know, you know, I mean, honestly, the height thing, I'm not worried about it. I mean, if they can make six, I'm not six foot tall Dunrace Davies, you know, be a dwarf, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, Movie you know, magic can do not, a lot of things. It's a non-issue. There, she just wears really high heels. Really high heels. If you Hugh know, Jackson can play Wolverine, then Tatiana Maslany can play she yeah, I mean, really, y'all, you know, it's it's fine. I would say get off your high horse, but, I mean, you know, oh, whatever. That's not it's good weird. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm I'm very, very excited. WandaVision makes me excited for what they're going to do with yeah. She-Hulk, which is yeah. also going to be a half-hour comedy. Yeah. Oh. I agree. I, so. Yeah, so WandaVision has made me excited for everything that the, the MCU is doing. All right, Ashley, yeah. what you been doing this month? Alright, so in my uh, role as staff writer at Fangirlish, I covered a few different shows, but one of them um, bled into January, uh, first couple weeks of January, and that was Star Trek Discovery. So, uh, Nathaniel, have you finished Star Trek Discovery? I did, I did. I thought it was great. I thought it was great as well. And uh, no spoilers, because Jason, I know you haven't gotten to Star Trek Discovery yet. Um, (laughs) Wait, are you still next-gen, Jason, or have you moved on to DS9? Uh, we got into DS9, and we're, we're taking a break, because it was a lot of a lot of Star Trek in a short period of time. Mm. Fair. Which, but, I mean, I'm all like, woo! But, uh, yeah, right? I know not everybody <laughs> oh, yeah. is woo, all Star Trek all the time. But, um, Only uh, the what, goodies. What I'll, what, what I'll say about Star Trek Discovery, without, without spoilers, is that um, one thing that um, I really enjoyed about this season was that there was this perpetual uh, thread of hope throughout every single episode um which well i i have i have loved star trek discovery from the beginning one of the complaints about it was that it was very very dark and it didn't have that same kind of hopefulness that that most other star trek has i i think this season they really interjected a lot of that hope um throughout the um throughout throughout the, uh, this, the the run of the season. And I, you know, in a world as tumultuous and what's what's the right word, like adversarial as ours, like, even, even if it was done in a way that may not be entirely realistic, the fact that they could um, have stories that reflected that hope about um, humans working, you know, still acknowledging that we're very different and we view the world differently, but we're able to work together and move forward together. Um, that was something I desperately needed um, in twenty you know, throughout twenty twenty and um, in, in going into twenty twenty one. I just I I personally needed that, and it was very like emotionally cathartic every single week. But for me, like the biggest thing this season was the uh, the validation and the affirmation of Sylvia Sylvia Tilly. In, in, in this season of Star Trek Discovery, my I per- my I, brother I personally found that very emotionally salient. My brother, my my next younger brother Ethan, and my older sister Hannah, they apparently do not like Tilly. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Me and my dad are like, Tilly's such a great character. How do you not like Tilly? They're just like, oh, Tilly. I'm like, okay, her hair is ridiculous, but in a good way. I love Tilly's hair. As somebody who does not have a lot of hair, and like, I have to cut my hair short for my hair to. Anything, period. Yeah. Like, right. Tilly's like 
epic mane of ginger curls are just a, a wonder to me. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I, I think she's a great character, A, and I think she doesn't have the... Uh, how do I say this in a way that doesn't sound uh, like, I'm, like I'm complaining? She has a different body type than you typically see from female leads, and I think it's great. Woo! I think she's yes! awesome. I love I, that I think about it's, her. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's really good that they they took someone who has a a she's she's, uh, she's more shapely. She's a, she's a sturdy girl. She's yeah, no she, she's a sturdy girl, but you know I think she's gorgeous. <laughs> and yeah, she she's 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 got you know broad shoulders. She's she's yes. uh, set's not the right word because when you say heavyset, people assume she's overweight, thick. but she's not. Yeah, like, right? like she's she's, she's, she's just she's a damn like, boy. She's mesomorphic. I think this is damn boy. Damn girl, but she's awesome. She's one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, yeah, and so when my my brother was like, yeah, oh Tilly, every time she comes, people like, oh Tilly, and Pop and I were like, shut up, she's great. Yeah, no, you you, uh, I'm with you and Pop. That that's awesome. Uh, I so. What I really love about Tilly, aside from, like, she's built like me, except her hair is way more epic than mine. Um, it gets, <laughs> I swear, it gets frizzier every episode. It's going to be an afro in season four. It, it takes up the it's whole a, shot, and I love it. I'm here for it. It's beautiful. Uh, but what I love about her is, so so back in December, I actually got tested for ADHD. And um, the result was, while I do not have ADHD, I have a lot of the markers of somebody with ADHD. And so the way that Tilly reacts to stuff, like how she can hyper-focus and that she, she gets really excited, um, and that she, you know, she talks Drop a lot. Drop the first F-bomb in, in Star Trek history? That was uh, yeah, weird. Yeah, that yeah, was a that weird moment. <laughs> that happened? Oh. Yeah, okay, but, so. But I, I, I personally, like, I've never, like, so there, there's only, like, maybe two or three, like, fictional characters that I've ever, like, watched, like, in a television show where I was like, Oh wow, that's like watching me. One is Brianna Tarth, mm-hmm, the other mm-hmm. is Monica Geller, the uh, and then the third is Sylvia Tilly, and 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 Tilly like embodies like all the hyper and exuberant parts of me that are either really wonderful or really annoying. Uh, but but also like watching her affirmation, like the line in episode two where um, Saru says to Tilly, "You are a wonderful first impression." I cried. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love Saru too. So yeah, like Saru. It was Saru, so weird some... seeing him without his makeup. <laughs> well, and so I, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting Doug Jones, like, and so that's not the first time I've ever seen him without makeup because I've actually met him in person. But uh, I, like, if you watch him in anything, like, he's always like a monster or a creature or an alien or like he's never like his normal like dapper handsome man self. And <laughs> and and this was Doug Jones being Doug Jones. No, as a, he really is like, and he has that kind of um, warm and and caring uh, persona that Saru has as well, and I, I really love that about him. And I think Saru was the other really big highlight for me this season was that he he made all he made all the right decisions. He did all the right things. Oh, oh, we lost Ashley. Okay, I was like Ashley's pausing for a really long time. <laughs> Ashley, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Talk. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Are you back? Yeah, so. I say I think so. I think so. Okay, so what I was saying about Saru is like um, he embodies like servant leadership, mm-hmm. um, and and that's so rare to see on television in any if for any TV show. Period. It doesn't have to be a science fiction show or whatever. But like that was such a breath of fresh air to watch somebody lead with humility mm-hmm. versus like 
I mean, like, and and that's not to say like that Star Trek has not seen like leaders that lead with humility, but you have Picard, who was very much like the Boy Scout. You have uh, Archer and um, and Kirk, who are like gung ho cowboys. You've got Janeway, who's like the stern, like decisive person, but you have Saru, who is gentle and kind, and and and. And leads by leads by serving and caring for his crew. Like my goodness, How, like that was that was very emotionally compelling to me. What what I, what I was really interesting about Saru is I always forget because he's like so kind and gentle. And then when he gets in a fight, he just like yeets someone across the room into a bulk, and you're like, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot he's like superhuman strong. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh, oh yeah, they they did establish that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, like, no, grab someone was, and like was, rips them in half. You're like, damn. <laughs> yeah, damn, no, boy. it was wonderful. It was like, and that that's always really fun to watch him in a fight scene where he just like, like knocks out like five. One fell swoop. I was like, damn, Saru. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Glad you're nice. I, yeah, I I do love me some Saru. I love my son Saru. Yeah. Um, those so are, I'll just, I'll just say a couple things about Discovery. I loved the season. But Pop and I had the exact same complaint. You want to know the, the, what the worst thing about the season was? Is that Michael whispered every lie and you couldn't hear a thing she was saying. Literally go back and, and it wasn't something I wasn't thinking about until my dad was like, can we turn, I, we need to turn subtitles on. I cannot. And my dad uh, has, has um, went to the doctor and found out he has like a little bit of hearing loss. So it was really hard for him to, to, to hear anything that Michael was saying. Because she literally I watch was, almost everything with she, the subtitles on right. anyway, so... But she literally just delivers every line with the subtitle. She delivers every yeah, line in a, in a whisper. And it's like, why is she doing this? She didn't do this in the first season. She whispered a little yeah. bit in the second, but every single... it's it was un, I couldn't stop noticing it once my dad had pointed it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, she is actually whispering every single line. Right up until she, like... You know, get, gets herself together and and is issuing orders. Then she's you know speaking normally, but every other she's like, I'm like, you're not Batman. Stop it. <laughs> we need to I didn't finish. notice that, but I also watched everything with the subtitles. So so I, I that that I totally missed that. I love I love watching. I don't know. I I I'm a I'm a Michael Burnham fan. Oh yeah, so, I am too. I so but I I just I really really love. Um, Martin-Green. Oh, she's great. She's, she's been, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't think... So I, I had no complaints well. other than the fact that it was really hard to hear some of her lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, so Star Trek Discovery, uh, that that was um, a breath of fresh air that I really needed um, in my entertainment. So that that's that's one of the things I've, I've... You know, that plus WandaVision, those are the two main like TV shows I geeked out about in January. Nice. Nice. So, uh, so what I'm hearing is, uh, when it comes to Tilly... Well, of course I know. Me. Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I. So what did I? So again, January was pretty sparse for me. I did finish Avatar: The Last Airbender, which was so good. Oh, I've, I've still oh. never watched that. It's really yeah. stinking good. I was rip the live action. <laughs> Twist. It's gonna seem quite ironic. Oh, and my son alone, ding dong. How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. <laughs> it was really, really good. Now, I haven't seen Legend of Korra. I've heard it's not as good. Can't judge it. Haven't watched it. Do you, have you seen Legend of Korra? Uh, I've seen, like, the first season. And so, so it's... Would you agree? I think it's not as good? Yeah, it's not as good. It went, like, 12 seasons. The first, 
those episodes the first it Legend of Korra gets better second season because the first season was like a 12 issue mini or like not 12 issue uh, episode. Episode. Many, like I said, I read way too many comics. <laughs> they should make Yeah, they actually get a little bit more space to breathe and actually tell a story in the later seasons, and so it gets better. It's never quite as good, mm-hmm. um, but it's got some good stuff going on. Yeah. So, um, so finished up Avatar: Last Airbender. Absolutely fantastic. Loved it from start to finish. Um, I think it's just really, really, really good. <laughs> So it's just it's it reminds me in a very good way of Teen Titans. Uh, it's uh-huh. you know it's goofy but it has heart, and Sokka is just Toph, a great Toph. character. Toph is one of I I I'm yeah. not convinced. Toph is one of the best characters in fiction, and they did such a good yeah, job with her. So Ashley, you would absolutely yeah. Adore so so Toph well. is this uh, blind character. She's this little girl who can earthbend, and she's like the best earthbender ever. And so she kicks all sorts of ass. She's awesome, awesome, but she's blind. So whenever there's a scene going on, someone will like walk up to the group and start talking to them, and everyone will turn their head except for Toph will just stare blankly ahead because she's blind. And they do a really, really good job of emphasizing that anytime everyone's looking at something, Toph is looking the opposite direction, like straight ahead, like straight ahead and slightly down because she doesn't look at things. They do a really good right. job of having she does not turn her head to look at things. It's that, really that's, funny. That's really, that's really cool. Like, yeah. They yeah. did a really good job with it. They did a really good job. But it's just so funny watching everyone's turn their head and Toph is like, <laughs> But it's it's so great. And She's also... Go ahead. I was going to say... Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Toph is hilarious and sarcastic about her blindness, too, all the time. Like, there are scenes where she's... They're, like, flying out over a desert looking for a building. And she suddenly is just like, There it is! And they all turn and look at her. <laughs> Like wave your hand <laughs> and starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 very funny. Um, I love I love. I, I don't want to spoil it, but but there's a part where um, Sokka Sokka, who's who's really great but has kind of a tragic love life, is talking with uh, one other guy, and they're just like, they're, and, and the other guy's like, "Man, life's been hard, you know." Da 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 da. And Sokka's like, I, I, "I get it, man. I really do." My first girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. But it's, yeah, it's uh, really excellent. Uncle Iroh is such a sweetheart. I love him so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> his obsession with tea is tea. so good. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to cry over spilled tea. It's just so sad. <laughs> Uh, I, I was supposed to order this this T-shirt for for Ryan, my husband, um, for Christmas, and I, I it totally slipped past me. One of the one of the editors at Fangirlish has has this T-shirt, uh, but it's a picture of Iroh, and it says "Make Tea, Not War." Mm, that's um, awesome. No, uh, so so I, I, she sent me a link for it. I'm I'm gonna get it for Ryan, um, but I, I intended to order it for Christmas for him, and I totally forgot, but. Anyway, I, I understand Iroh and his love of tea. Um, doesn't Mark Hamill play like a villain uh, in the show later? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, very, very, very lovely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so I've heard lots of wonderful things about it's Avatar. Really, really I've been told I would love it. I just have not had the mental energy to commit myself to another TV show. Yeah. Uh, it's. Like, I so. think it's like sixty episodes total or something. Oh, okay, uh, well, that's that's than I thought. Yeah, so. yeah, so like each each okay. season, quote unquote, is like twenty episodes. All right, all right. Uh, 
right. It's reasonable. Really, okay. really, really good. So, let's see. The other thing I watched, so I obviously watched WandaVision. I've been watching back through, because we finished, so I've been watching, we wa- my mom and I were watching through Avatar because we were like the only ones in the family who hadn't seen it. So we got yelled at by our, by my siblings for not watching Avatar. So we rewatched all of it. And we finished in January. And then um, I was like, okay, what should we watch next? And we wanted to go watch Galavant, which if you've never watched it, was this amazing two-season-long comedy musical fantasy show. I, and, I have told I would enjoy, I really enjoy Galavant, but I've never watched it. And it was, uh, Timothy Odmanson was the evil king. Yeah. And I don't remember who the three leads were, but they're hysterical. And it's, you know, it's, it's a musical. And so, you know, they're singing songs and things like that. And the, <laughs> when the, the opening number of the second season is them singing about how shocked they are they didn't get canceled. <laughs> and it's it's really 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 funny and Timothy Odmanson like starts off as this character who's just like the evil king who's doing evil things but then later he ends up being like this really sympathetic hilarious character who's like ends up joining uh, joining forces with the the good guys and he walks down the stairwell like they come in they ca- he captures all of them and he walks down the stairs like well 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 like, wait that wasn't good do it again Box back up the stairs. Well, well, well. It's so stinking good. So I can't recommend Galman. It's not, it's not streaming anywhere. So we did not watch that. But instead, we uh, I uh, we started watching Young Justice, and we just got into season three. Uh, um, oh, I've been meaning to watch that, even though I'm not up on my DC, but because Greg Wiseman did it, and he's the creator yeah. of Gargoyles. Yeah, it is really yeah. good. Now. Um, the third season is way more intense than the first two seasons. Like, right off the bat, much more violent, much more graphic. I still not, like, super, super graphic, but they're showing blood now. They're showing some people dying. Uh, well, that was a, that was a direct streaming, yes, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like yeah. cable or something like that. But, yeah, okay. it, but, it got canceled for not selling enough toys. Yep, And they came back pathetic. with a storyline about, like, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense, but it's really good. And I know I know that mom was enjoying it when she said, hey, let's watch Young Justice instead of me saying, hey, mom, let's watch Young Justice. So we watched the first two seasons. Now, what we have determined throughout the series is that DC is the freaking worst at naming things. It's unbelievable <laughs> how bad they are. And I'm calling you out, DC. Your naming is terrible. Oh, what's this guy? Well, he's got a skull. He's his face is a skull, and uh, he's radioactive. Okay, well, uh, that's atomic skull. Great. <laughs> and now, admittedly, these are the guys who had Superman and Batman. So, but those guys are like household names. But it's like everyone. Who are you? Well, I'm an archer, and I wear green. Green arrow. Who are you? I'm an archer, and I wear red. Red arrow. Like. Gah! <laughs> I'm an archer and I re- wear red, but I also have guns. I'm Arsenal. Arsenal, <laughs> right? It's it's oh man! And so my mom will just like look at me and like, Mom, DC are masters of naming. They're the the, the wizards of nomenclature. It's, it's bad. I, I mean, the, the, when whenever the you show talk really about good. that, like the the thing I think about was uh, an episode of Teen Titans where the villain they were fighting in the cold open was a was a bad guy named Cardiac and Robin says Cardiac you're under arrest yeah I was like wow <laughs> we just went there <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah well I I like I said I gotta head out a little bit earlier so mm-hmm. y'all y'all keep the party going but I'm gonna have to Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Fire recommendations for January for you. 
the other thing that I started watching, and it was a very sad story, is I started watching a show called Sanctuary. Uh, it was on Sci-Fi uh, a while back, and uh, had Amanda Tapping uh, as the lead character. Oh, 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 oh uh, Agent Carter, Agent Carter. Uh, Carter, Agent Carter, um, Colonel, uh, no, sorry. You're, you're Carter, Carter from Stargate. Yeah, Agent Carter would go Marvel, but yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, yes. Carter on Stargate. And right. she's the lead in this series. We got really into it. We got a full season into it on Amazon. And then it started playing the next episode, and we were like, what in the world is happening? Hmm. The previously on made no sense. And apparently Amazon has season one. And season four. Oh no! Else. no! How does that work? So I have no idea. But, uh, so we, what, what we, is we're going to break series? on that. What's that? Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Um, I don't remember any of this happening. <laughs> the premise is basically um, Amanda Tapping runs a uh, sanctuary for what they call abnormal, which can be anything from like mythological creatures to like sci-fi like things it's just like so like different like different versions of uh mutated humans or that kind of thing so like in the first episode you see that they have like a mermaid and there's like they end up talking about vampires they, they can basically it's a very wide premise so they can bring in basically whoever they want but there's some intrigue to her character too like she is an abnormal herself who's lived for hundreds of years and has they go back into her backstory and you meet other like historical or maybe fictional characters that uh, she has interacted with and it's it's a pretty cool show. So I would recommend it if you can find, you know, somewhere where you can watch more than one season of it. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, the other thing I started watching again uh, is a anime that I really enjoy that a lot of people haven't heard of. It's called Wild Horizon. Um, and it's essentially, it's another one of those people get trapped in it. Ah, the isekais. Anime. Yes, an isekai. And the uh, same thing about this one is the main character is like a sport class character. He's kind of like a nerdy, introverted guy who's more of a strategist. And so it's less action-focused and more like, oh, we're stuck in this world now. we got to figure out how to live here. And like, you know... Uh, but I, the reason I started watching that again is it was uh, canceled after the second season because the author of the books it was based on was uh, arrested for tax evasion. Oh, oh dear! Uh, <laughs> whoops! But oh, whoops. We got him. Apparently, we he got, got back out you. because the, the third season started up in January. So, oh, uh, but it's a it's a really cool show. Um, very interesting. If you love like it, actually. The mechanics that they explain to the world actually feel like a video game, too. Uh, or like a video game comes to life, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Those are kind of my two rapid-fire. Uh, if you can find somewhere to watch Sanctuary, it's pretty great. And uh, Log Horizon's a really cool show. Nice. Well, well Jason, one of, one of the things I was going to talk about is a, is a local place here in Charlotte called VizArt Video, which uh, boasts the largest collection of films on the East Coast. Um, and uh, I'm, I've I've written down Sanctuary. I'm going to look for it when I go on Sunday when my movies are due. So let that right, let that well, sink I'm... in. That Ashley still rents physical movies. Ashley does because Ashley goes old, old school, and m that makes me that much cooler, right? I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I got to sign off, guys. But uh, it's been fun. 
All right. All right. Thanks for joining us. Godspeed, Spider-Man. All right. Good night, buddy. So before I forget, I have to. You you said something at some point, Nathaniel. Um, I don't know, but it was it was somebody like like sneaking in some kind of sneaky line. Uh, oh, to where it was like cardiac, you're under arrest. Um, so I was watching. Just because I'm useless and have no life. I was watching, um, <laughs> like, finishing moves or something uh, from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, and, you were watching Fatalities? Yeah, and so... and so, sometimes, too. So they, the, the old ones Ra- are really Ram- Rambo is now a playable character. And so, in the new one? And the new ones, Rambo is a playable character, oh, and so brother. is the Terminator. And so... And, and Predator, I think, too. Yeah, and so... And, and, and so so Rambo comes in, right? And in, in this random YouTube video I was watching, has each character's response to Rambo showing up. And he, they're all detailed to Rambo. They're like, man, you've killed a lot of people, like, you're the government's best, or whatever, all these... And then one of the guys looks at him and he goes, he goes, man, like, 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 he goes, oh, what did he say? He said, you've killed a lot of people. You must have a serious heart for demolition, man. And I was like, no, they did not! And, like, uh, like, I, I think it's, I think it's, I forget the character, you could probably find it, Jax. I think it's Jax reacts to Rambo. And he, he, he gives a nod to Demolition Man. Mutant out Shao Kahn's army single-handed. Just did what had to be done. You got a gift to Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes! There it is, alright. Okay, sorry. That's awesome. Uh, um, so, I'm going to make two manga recommendations, because I, I started re-watching manga. Or re-reading. Re-reading manga. Um... Uh, Slime Life, which I think I might have mentioned on, on, on the podcast before. Slime Life, which is about a black mage who runs a just like a, a, a magic goods store and has to hire a monster to help her run the store and ends up hiring a slime and is like, oh, I, you know, I'm supposed to have a really powerful monster to help me. I'm going to be embarrassed, but the slime is so adorable. She's like, okay, I'm not going to fire you. And it's about, you know, the slime learning to, to work at the store and, and their adventures. And it's the most adorable thing ever. It's just super heartwarming. And then a hundred chapters in, it hits you with this like emotional gut punch. You're like, when did this this goofy manga about this adorable slime and his adventures suddenly, you know, have me tearing tearing up over what just happened? But it's it's so funny. It's so well done. The slime is such a likable, lovable character. I can't recommend that one enough. I can't really explain more than that because it's kind of a. Uh, they, he gets into a situation that's resolved by the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. but it's really, really good, and I definitely recommend it. it and all the chapters are, are really short; they're like three pages, so you could blow through it. It's, it's, but it's so endearing. And the other one I'm going to recommend is, is, I think, one of the best, best uh, mangas that's ongoing right now, which is I don't know the English name, but it's, it's called Mairi Mashita Irumakun, and if you if you look at just like Iruma, you'll find it. Um, but it's about this kid whose parents are just the worst parents ever. They're like, oh, you're one year old. You can you can walk now. That means you get to work. And so they like they're, they're horrible <laughs> parents. They're they're always putting him in dangerous situations, like throwing him to bears and wild tuna. And he's like all these ma- these oh, miserable right. situations. And it culminates in him and them selling him to a demon. Nice. So he gets sold to this demon, and this demon is like, I just want you to be my grandson. So he, he and, and yeah and 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 he has this thing where he he's such a nice kid that he can't say no to anyone. So the the devil is like. Be my grandson, and he's like, okay. <laughs> so he comes this kid's this guy's grandson. This guy is like a really, really high-level demon in the demon world, like one of the top three demons, the one that everyone is assuming is going to take the throne as the demon king. Um, and and so he he like sends him to school, and the the demon is the principal at the school, and so it turns out 
Iruma obviously is a human, and demons eat humans, so, so he's freaking out. But he, he ends up going to class, and it turns out that he, because of how he, of his upbringing, he is invincible. Like he can't attack anyone, but it, it shows his like stat box, mm-hmm. and it's like attack zero, defense infinity. Because he's so used to getting in dangerous situations that his body will just naturally dodge everything. So he en- everyone ends up assuming he's this really powerful demon. And he starts making all these friends. And he's he's such a, a heartwarming character. And he's like teaching the demons, like, what does friendship mean? And things like that. It sounds really, really saccharine when I say it. But it's really adorable. And they're currently in an arc where he had to cross-dress to become a, a like an idol to help one of his classmates. And there's this other idol who's been calling him ugly, and he's just getting like really mad about it because he's he's like idols are supposed to be cute, right? If I'm an idol, I'm cute. So he's like really mad, like we have to win this. It's it's really funny, it's really adorable, and he's like such an endearing character. So I'm gonna recommend those two big time. And then of course Avatar, Avatar: Last Airbender, Young Justice. Highly recommend those. I just watched all three John Wicks. Those were fun. Or I just oh, watched yeah. the first one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I watched all. Say, I, I need to revisit those because I think I've only seen the first one and I don't remember anything about it other than that Keanu Reeves is in it and then he gets in a fight with a gas. It, he gets in a fight at a gas station with uh, Alfie Allen, uh, who was Theon Greyjoy on Game of Thrones. We can just That's call him Theon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A- actually, uh, he doesn't get in the fight at the gas station. Alfie Allen comes to his house and beats him up and kills his dog. Oh, oh, oh no! But, okay. but no, and the initial confrontation is at a gas station. And they have a conversation at the gas station. Yeah, where he's like, "Nice car, like let, let me see it." And then he just like John Wick just like doesn't say anything, drives off. And he's yeah. like, "F oh, okay. that guy." Yeah. That's when he goes well, in. So but, yeah, okay. Well, let's, I'm trying to think if I have any recommendations. Uh... Well, you think I have one more thing? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, go ahead. So the, the, one of the games I played, one of the narrative games I played, was Wolfenstein: The New Order, which was um, kind of the re reboot that they did for the Wolfenstein series. And it takes place in kind of alternate history, 1960s, where Nazi Germany won the war because they had all this crazy technology that they stole from Jews. Like, the Jews <laughs> had the secret society where they're... The secret society called Datyashud, which was basically, like, they make technology to get closer to God. And so they made all these crazy weapons, but they just, like, stored them, and the Nazis found one and used that to take over the world. And so the, it culminates with you stealing a giant submarine, which... I've been in a submarine. This submarine was way too big. Like, if you've ever, if you've ever been on a submarine... It is claustrophobic as hell. Everything is packed in tight. Like, there's enough room in a hallway for one person to walk through. Because it's, it, you know, they cramp everything that they need to do in there. This, this thing has, like, six levels and, like, giant open spaces. You're like, what submarine have you been in? But anyways, they steal the submarine. They can't use the nukes because they have to go get the, 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 the launch codes from the Nazi moon base. So your last mission is you go to the Nazi moon base and you steal the codes on the moon! It's It was a really fun game, really interesting game. Uh, good take on the whole World War II killing Nazis by transplanting and making all the characters. All the characters just feel like they're just exhausted and there's like this one little ray of hope they might be able to do something. So it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Would recommend it. Yeah, I was trying to think of other things that I've been into this month. I mean... Obviously, like I said, I had COVID, so a lot of TV show watching. Me and me and DQ been watching Scrubs. Um, I definitely could talk about The Last of Us for a, a longer period of time than I did. Uh, been playing Age of Empires. There's not a ton to talk about there. It's a kind of strategy, you know, uh, RTS. RTS. One of the best ever made. Yeah, definitely. very, very good yeah. computer game. Uh, and, and for for the um, the uninitiated, could you all tell me what uh, RTS stands for? Real time yeah, strategy. Not, not reform theological seminary. No. <laughs> uh, so RTS is real time strategy, which is basically like you produce like Starcraft, 
and um, Red Alert series where you you build up a civilization and then you you have you you create like masses of troops. You're essentially you commanding them, troops yeah. as You're opposed to acting troops, as an individual. It's, it's done unlike civilization games, which is like turn based. Where I take mm-hmm. my turn, then you take your turn. This is all happening. Everyone's doing it at the same time. And you just, like send your armies to go attack. Yeah. Um, okay. But I, I'll, I'll mention something kind of funny. This is this just happened the other day. So I have I've recently acquired an Oculus Quest, which is a VR uh, mm-hmm. kind of gaming system, and I've been playing. There, there's there's a game called Super Hot, which is probably my, my my favorite game on there. It's it's very just fun to play. The mechanics of it are simple. Uh, these polygon type people are, are trying to shoot you, and you can you kind of have matrix powers. It, 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 bullets and, and time only moves when you move. And so if you stay still, you can kind of look around with your eyes to see what's happening. People are coming from what directions, shooting at you. And then you can kind of make your decision to duck or to punch or to grab a gun and shoot it. Anyways, um, it's got a lot of game options where it's, it's fun for a very long time. But then there are story type games that are immersive, or immersive, right? I'm using that right. Yes. Okay, immersive. immersive. I think I said submersive before, and you had to correct. Yeah. But immersive, and I've I've gotten like the three Vader uh, immortal episodes, uh, which are very very cool. I mean, you get sucked in real quick. Showed Nathaniel's sister in law, who's a big Star Wars fan, and she flipped it was out. Very it was fun it was it was amazing just to watch her. Um, so, so do you do you play as Darth Vader in the? No, games? but you meet Darth. Vader. Yeah, you meet Darth Vader, and like it, it's that sounds it, terrifying. It, it is it is it's like. When you watch it on a screen, because you can cast yeah, the VR yeah. to a television, it okay. looks it's it's like it is this PlayStation One or Two? Like bad. like it, the graphics are, are kind of blocky, and it's just you're like okay, as a, compared to like modern day graphics, this is this is terrible. But when you put the headset on, it couldn't look any more real. Like it's, for, crazy. Like, it's because like it's I mean they've come such a long way and to the point now where you don't even need the, the remotes it can track your hands so as as you put the remotes down you lift your hands it actually shows a digital outline of your hands as a character and so it's super super bizarre and like you get you get super sucked in and you forget I mean Nathaniel would mention that like the, the first part of this game you're sitting in the hall of a ship and you're you're, you're flipping toggles and you know shifting into hyperspeed when you come out you know, it's all rumbling, and they're talking about a Star Destroyer coming by, and you're looking around, and you have to look directly over you to see the Star Destroyer coming over you, and that's when it kind of hits you that, all right, this game's not all just going to be, like, happening in front of me. I'm going to have to look around, and actually, I'm I'm present in this world that things are just happening to. Um, It it really emphasizes, that 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 moment to me really emphasizes, it's like the difference between looking at a picture and then physically being next to the object, because, like, when when Anna, uh, my sister in law, was was playing it, and she got to the start, I was like, "Look up, Anna! Look up!" She looked up and gasps. And I'm looking on the screen. I'm like, "It looks like a cardboard cutout of a Star Destroyer." Yeah. But when I played it and I look up, I'm like, "What the hell?" It's, they, they, it's so they do depth cool. really well. It's they, so cool. I mean, it's very much like that. Looks like it's that far away. Right. And it's getting closer right. to me. Like it's I'm, really I'm almost cool. convinced that that it's not actually like like that. This is really happening. Like it's so. Anyways, uh, needless to say, I've been pretty excited about this this VR thing. I had no idea how far the technology had come along, and it's very fascinating. Recently, I thought, you know what? Because the thing with VR games is it's not like other systems where you've got a bunch of people that have played this game, and they're on a bunch of different platforms, and you can kind of know the history of it. These are all like, hey, you're kind of just going to have to buy this game to figure out if you like it, because there's no real way to experience this. And so I'm looking up reviews, I'm doing all this stuff, and I stumble upon this game, Gorn. (laughs) Yes, G-O-R-N. 
this Gorn, game. Gorn, like Star Trek, like the thing that Kirk fights in the desert. Like, let me explain, okay, because this is pretty hysterical. Um, so I click on this game, it's the second most popular downloaded game, so I'm like, oh, I got it. And I'm like, let's play the trailer. <laughs> so the trailer starts, and I kid you not, there's this comically, you know, oversized looking gladiator guy, and he starts singing in German, and they start bleeping every other word he says, and then constantly it's showing this montage of clips from the game and i'm not kidding you 75 percent of them are censored completely the whole entire screen is just black and it just says censored and so i'm like what is this game and so i keep watching and it's this weird german song and all of a sudden it'll be like a quick flash to the to like to the montage or the b-roll of like somebody swinging a sword in a gladiator fight and all of a sudden it stops again and it's like censored 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 or like there's some like object being thrown across the room and it's just blurred out and it hits some guy in the face and he falls down i'm like what am i and so i'm like looking this up i'm like what and so apparently it's just comically gruesome and over over the top like you're you're essentially in a gladiator fight and that's why it's so brutal and gross and so but i'm like what a what a pointless trailer that i, I sat there and it was literally these loud it was like they didn't even try to like the beeps were just like beep, beep, like every two seconds and i was like it's in german i can't understand it anyways and every screen was just like censored 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 bored out body part going by censored so i'm like what is like thank you for showing me that trailer now i want to get the game like it was it, and so i sat there and, I, and, and the, the funny thing is i go I'm gonna buy this game, <laughs> but, but I actually didn't even have my credit card information in there because I just recently changed credit cards, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll wait. But that is my next game I plan to get, so I will tell you guys how Gorn is. It has great reviews and says it's a very fun game to play. Um, it's a PC phenomenon. Apparently, everybody on PC plays it, and the 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 transition to VR was apparently excellent and everybody really really likes it um we'll see if you do bodies yeah yeah like like the thumbs up or the thumbs down yeah I, i'm just gonna like throw my sword in the crowd and be like are you not entertained um, but yeah so, so I, I guess i'd be remiss if i didn't mention the vr being a big thing for me in january just because i got it for christmas in december late december and so that has been a fun little little change of pace. Um, there's also a game called Acron. This will be my last point. That, <laughs> that uh, that, Acorn. No, no, it's Acron. And so Acron. it's a party game. And the way this game works is, if you, let's say you have five people, four of them would be on their phones. They download an app. It's free. And you're playing as squirrels. And you're attempting to go take these acorns from the base of this tree and bring them back to like your hut. And there's, there's a total of like four of them. But the person with the VR headset is the tree. And so, like, it's it's such a bizarre thing to be playing a game on your phone and you're running around as a little cartoon squirrel, but then you put the headset on and you see the cartoon squirrels running around your feet, and you're like, this is crazy. And so as as the, you know, as the tree, you can throw these rocks and these, like, other, like, sap things, and you can also just grab the squirrels and, like, yeet them across the whole game when you get close. <laughs> we, we were, and, it was always we, we were playing the other day, and I was like, my back is hurting a little bit, so I'm just gonna, I pulled the seat into the center of the, the room and sat down and was literally just yeeting the Dude, squirrels. Yeah. We were on a level where some of the levels have, like, high cliffs and walls and things. And so you can't like throw the squirrels out of bounds. But this one was like the tree's at the edge of a cliff. So I literally you grab them and just backwards. throw it over my shoulder. And we take like five seconds <laughs> like, for me to land. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm still flying through the air, man. I haven't thrown yet. Um, but that's a great party really game. Um, that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, so I'll just mention VR as kind of my last little geeking out thing here before uh, I guess we're doing sign offs. But yep. uh, yeah, that'd be that, it for that me. Sounds, that sounds really fun, Greg. Um, so, my favorite sci-fi novel of all time is Ready Player One, and um, Ready Player One is now um, 
required reading for anyone who gets hired at uh, Oculus Rift. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, so everything that you have just described makes me very, very happy on a, on a like a science fiction nerd level. So that that I I'm a curmudgeonly retro gamer, but I think like if if I were gonna do anything, like the newest system I own is a Wii, which is now like <laughs> so. Actually, um, I, I I would like to mention that I don't know if because if you've just been playing on console. PC has had a renaissance of indie games that are retro. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm aware. I don't really play any anything like on PC. Um, but you I, play I, Undertale. I just, yeah, uh, play what? I'm sorry. Undertale. It's like an SNES graphics. It'll run on anything. <laughs> and Very I'm cool. not going to say anything about it other than say you should play it, and it will probably make you cry. It's really good. Okay. Really All good. right, but yeah, everything that you've just described, Greg, about like the Vader game, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that actually makes me really, really want to really play that cool. because yeah. that sounds like Ready Player One, and that makes me very happy. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's yeah, exactly it, it, it's up there. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. So. So your recommendations? Um, any recommendations? Yeah. So so if we're gonna do, I I have a whole list here, and some of them are kind of like related, but some of the things that I, I kind of got into in. January, um, in terms of watching related, I I've mentioned uh, on the podcast many a time that I am a huge fan of John Carpenter. He is my favorite horror director. He is one of my favorite directors, period. And so I have made a point of watching his directorial work uh, over the past couple of years, and I I came to realize that. Um, I'm now only like 1.5 titles shy of watching every film he's ever directed, aside from a couple of short films in the 60s um, that I'm not sure I can find anywhere. Part of the way I've been able to do that is through a um, video store based here in Charlotte uh, called Bizart Video. Uh, Charlotte is very fortunate and we have a real honest-to-goodness legit video store. Um, Bizart Video has set themselves up as a nonprofit for a film history and film education which is how they've been able to stay open but they actually both the largest collection of films on the east coast they have 30,000 plus titles um, which is very very cool so if you are in the air, uh, Charlotte North Carolina area even even if you're like 30 minutes or an hour out I think it's worth mm. like going to visit video uh, because I, I, I was there Tuesday and uh, one of the uh, the guys working there said, um, for context, they have 30,000 plus titles in their collection. Netflix, Amazon, and um, Hulu have somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000-ish unique titles. So um, Each or combined? Combined, yeah. So so the collection they have there is, is vast. It's If you're somebody like me, as I mentioned in our last episode... Who really loves cult film and unique, hard to find, rare things? Uh, Bizart is a really great resource for those things. And plus, they have a screening room that you can rent, uh, which is really cool. You know, huge, vast collection of films. So, and and, and they don't just have DVDs; they have VHS tapes as well. Because some <laughs> things have not made the crossover to DVD streaming, uh, Blu-ray anything like that, and the only way you can watch them is on VHS, and I am one of, like, three people I know that actually has a functioning VCR, so <laughs> um, I've actually rented a lot of things on VHS because I think that's fun. So anyway, um, because of Vizart, I've been able to cross um, all but, like, one and a half 
titles off of uh, John Carpenter's directorial list um, in the past month, which is really cool. Um, so I've actually got one in my possession right now that I haven't watched yet. It's The Ward, uh, which is a film he uh, put out in 2010. And I, I keep saying half because I've watched like the first like 30 minutes of another film he did in like the late 90s, early 2000s called uh, Vampires, um, but I've not finished it. Um, so that's like the only other John Carpenter film that I've, uh, John Carpenter directorial film that I've not watched in its entirety. So, um, yeah. Uh, so John Carpenter slash Visit the Field. That's uh, one of the things I've been geeking out about in January in terms of watching stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm very much a completionist, and so if I find like a um, an actor or a director or uh, a, a music uh, musician I really like, I want to go and um, listen, watch, read their, their entire catalog of, of things that they've done. Um, and I like to start at the beginning work my way up because I love to see how they evolve and change as an artist. And so that's been a really great experience for me, getting to do that. Awesome. Sweet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I've got a couple other things on here, but uh, if, if one of you other guys want to uh, take a turn, fire away. Um, well, if you could, like, rapid fire, because I think we're ready to wrap up. Just, uh, yeah. Okay. Hit them up. Cool. Um, other thing, um, another local place uh, in the Charlotte area, it's in Mint Hill, uh, North Carolina, um, but um, I love vinyl. Uh, Ryan and I, last January, took some Christmas money and bought a new record player, and uh, that's been a really great investment for both of us because we both love music. I especially love uh, movie soundtracks and scores and things like that, and so I've picked up a lot of vinyl recently at a local place called Hardy Boys Records and Comics in Mint Hill. They are in the upper level of uh, another kind of random-ish store uh, that I'm blanking on the name of right now. But um, I found a lot of really cool vinyl. They have both new and used. They also have a lot of comic books. Um, and those are all like used or older um, back-issue comics. But um, I've picked up a lot of movie scores recently. Um, some used, some new. Uh, but I got the score for Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is by Gary, uh, Jerry Goldsmith, which is... Uh, Potentially might be the best thing he ever did. Hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful score for your next-gen fan. The main theme from Star Trek The Motion Picture is what they used for the main theme for Star Trek Next Generation. But even even aside from that theme, the, the rest of that score is just immaculate. It's beautiful. Um, really, really beautiful music. And I say this as uh, Jerry Goldsmith also scored my favorite movie of all time, which is Alien. And I think the score for Star Trek The Motion Picture is even more, like... Beautiful. I think also um, did Rudy, or like Rudy, or like a football movie. Oh, yeah, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy the soundtrack well? for that. The, the soundtrack for Rudy is amazing. Yeah. Uh, which, which what, what is it? Rudy. The, Rudy. Rudy. It's a football movie. Oh, I, Rudy with Sean Astin. I haven't seen that. I didn't realize he did the score. Oh too. man, cool. our sports episode. Yeah, I, I need to. I haven't watched <laughs> if that. Ever happens? Oh, it'll happen. The Sandlot and Angels in the Outfield. So. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Titans um, and Rudy are. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. We'll save it for another yeah, episode. Do, yep, Jerry I'm Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith, noted. Spotify okay. player. Um, I also was able, uh, speaking of John Carpenter, I was also able to pick up the score for uh, Halloween 2018. Got a brand new copy of that. Um, it is amazing. It's also the first time John Carpenter's been involved with a Halloween film since Halloween 2. Um, so, really, really cool. He actually did the score with his son and another guy whose name always escapes me. So, I am sorry, other guy who worked on that score. Get a better name, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Come that on, I can't. Remember. I remember it's John Carpenter and Cody Carpenter. 
Um, and then I'd blank on the other guy's name. I want to say Davies is his last name. I could Come on, Is it David Davis? Um, <laughs> I don't think so, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up later and I'll send it to you and throw it in show notes so I'll feel better about it. Uh, but also picked up the score for like Flash Gordon, the 1980s uh, movie where Queen oh. did the entire score for that. And that that's a awesome. Flash. One of us. Yeah, exactly that one. What else did I get? Silent Running. Um, I don't know if. Oh, Cool Runnings. Yeah, the Bob said that. No, no, not Silent Running uh, is. Uh, I think it's a 1974 science fiction, like environmental sci-fi thriller. Uh, but Joan Baez did the main theme for that, so I really like Joan Baez. So, and I didn't realize she did the main theme for it, so I actually picked up a copy of the score for that. Uh, anyway, so lots of cool records I found at Hardy Bo- Boys Records and Comics. Uh, Hardy Boys Records and Comics not only have I- increased my vinyl collection, but they've also helped me uh, bring me up to the halfway point on uh, Sensational She-Hulk, which Sensational She-Hulk is the uh, 1989 series of She-Hulk comics uh, that ran for 60 issues. I now have exactly half of that run, but it was originally written by John Byrne, who is kind of... His take on She-Hulk is really interesting because he shifted She-Hulk from a... Uh, She-Hulk smash kind of character to she's big and green but also she's really funny and she's a lawyer and this book is going to break the fourth wall all the time and it's hilarious and I love it and it really inspired Dan Slott's run of She-Hulk which aired uh, or excuse me which ran in like the mid-2000s and that's kind of the main inspiration for what's going to be the She-Hulk MCU TV series so um, a few years ago I um well, I say a few years ago, this was now approaching a decade ago, when I was an undergrad and uh, in a class called Comic Books as Modern Mythology and uh, writing my uh, final paper slash presentation on She-Hulk. Uh, so I read a little bit of Dan Slott's run then uh, and uh, a little bit of the uh, John Byrne Sensational She-Hulk run. So I've been collecting that uh, before people remember that She-Hulk is cool. And those <laughs> so those issues don't cost me a million bucks. So anyway... Uh, uh, just to just to so point out that I always thought She Hulk was cool because in Marvel vs. Capcom, her level three super is she calls a taxi and it just hits the other person and she like beats the crap out of them with the taxi. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. And that, that is so in. So I've never played uh, that version of Marvel vs. Capcom, but that is so in line with like the John Burns uh, run of Sensational She Hulk in the late eighties, early nineties. It's perfect. I love it. It's wonderful. The other thing uh, I would recommend is for Christmas, Ryan gave me a uh, Star Trek cocktails book called Star Trek A Cocktails Compendium. So uh, while I am I am very wow. much a... Uh, if, if I am asked what kind of alcoholic beverage I would like to drink is I would like beer or I would like whiskey neat. I've had a lot of fun making these Star Trek inspired cocktails, which uh, one of which I am currently consuming this evening. Hey. Um, yeah. This nice. is a Bucks Fizbin uh, with a Ferengi Wallbanger twist. Hmm. So, um, anyway, it's very fun. I've had a lot of fun uh, in the past month uh, making these cocktails and getting to learn a little bit about bartending. So, that is my list, guys. Sweet. I know that was very long. I, I am the nerdy blogger, so I do do a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so, so I have the longest list, as is my uh, 
it, it, it's on brand for me, I suppose. Does the term cruel and unusual person <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh, it, but, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Come on, sir. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know how do you find these places. Accident? I was looking for, like, I, Getting I, lost. I, I found out about Vizart because they used to be located across the street from my favorite Irish pub in Charlotte, which now doesn't exist. No. Um, and then uh, because I would go watch all the retro horror at the Ashley Grand Theater, the Ashley Grand and Vizart partnered together, like where you brought in your retro horror ticket stubs to Vizart, you got two free rentals nice. or like a a, a, re- nice. a free rental per ticket stub, like max of two per week. And because I would go watch the double feature for like a month, <laughs> I like two free rentals. Game the system, week. baby. Yeah, so so I was like, hype, now I'm get to cross all this weird stuff off my list. So I, I you know, even though they didn't get to do that last year, I was like, well, you know what? I really love this art. I love that I can go into an honest to goodness video store and buy a <laughs> of random. The last blockbuster. Yeah, for real. I mean, but way better. All and right. then like Hardy Boys like helped me find like some uh I was looking for some of the um ninety five run of Marvel Gargoyles comic books. Um, and I contacted them and they didn't have any, but the guy was so nice. I was like, I love vinyl too. I need to go check this place out. And so Ryan and I went to go check it out like in early January and just kind of fall in love there. It was, it was a, it's a really cool little place. So. Nice. All right. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. So sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot. No too. worries. No worries. Yeah. So if you have suggestions, like let us know what you've been, what you've been binging in January recommendations stuff that stuff that you maybe went back to and revisited and what, what's been what's, what have you been geeking out over this uh in Jan- what did you geek out over in january i said like that so uh we'll, we'll take this out ashley where can people find you so you can hit me up on the tweets at the nerdy blogger you can like my facebook page or message me there facebook.com slash the nerdy blogger you can read my blog nerdyblogging.wordpress.com I am also a um, staff writer at Fangirlish.com, where you can read my writings there. At minimum, you can read me on Wednesdays with my Way Back Wednesday column, where I review one retro film every week. You can also hear me and read me at PopCultureRetroRama.com and the PopCultureRetroRama podcast. Gregory. Uh, yes, you can find me on Facebook at Chapter One Films. You can uh, check out my new website that just launched uh, a few hours ago. Um, Chapter One Films dot biz. I was about to say, is it still it. the same website? Yeah, yeah, just got it revised. Uh, Tried so to get dot brand new revamped. Yep, yep, yep. Tried to get dot com. Offered the guy a bunch of money, and he just literally hired a investigator guy to go and find. Not an investigator guy, but like GoDaddy, GoDaddy has this thing where like you you basically pay them and they basically do all the research they can to find this person that owns the domain name and get it from them. And they're like, literally, he's not responding to anything. We've contacted him over forty times. So I'm like, I just might not ever get .com, which is a pain because business. Bummer. Happy. Anyways, um, chapter one films right. biz website. This is great. Um, you can email me Greg at chapter one films biz. Um, or find me on the gram, uh, chapter underscore one underscore films, and uh, one is spelled out O-N-E in all of those. You can find me at Holy Golem. You can contact uh, the show, uh, Debated at Gmail, or a tweet at Debated. Greg and I have a uh, cooking show we do That's called right. The Kitchen Chemist, The Kitchen Chemist on YouTube. <laughs> uh, we have Facebook groups for both those, facebook.com slash group slash The Kitchen Chemist, and Facebook 
facebook.com slash groups slash dearly debated so check that out um yeah get in contact with us we we would love to have some user interaction i know there's uh hello to whoever was listening from germany um yeah we had we had a german listener we had a uk listener um but yeah so uh, i'll have uh, J. Jonah jameson take us out <laughs> are you serious <laughs> All right, all right, right bye, everyone. everybody. <laughs> see you, see you, Ashley. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.